Hi, my name is Sarah and I am the host of Her Own Universe, a new podcast focusing on conversations with inspiring women about career life, family, community, creativity, and how the hell we are all keeping things together, or at least trying to. Tune in every week while I get into discussions with females who I believe are changing the world, even if they are just changing their own world, going after their goals, staying informed, keeping a sense of humor, while taking time to still nurture those around them and nurture themselves. New episodes will debut each week on Tuesday morning, so please don't forget to subscribe. I hope you enjoy coming on this little adventure with me. Welcome to my first real episode of Her Own Universe podcast. My first guest today is someone that is really special to me. Her name is Jennifer Cotter. She is the Chief Content Officer at Peloton, a brand I have a feeling you've heard of. They're on the cutting edge of at-home fitness with their incredible bikes that allow you to have high-intensity workouts from the comfort of your own home. Not only that, they are developing so many other at-home products, classes, and features that will help you feel your best both mentally and physically, something Jennifer is at the heart of. With her early entertainment industry experience right out of college, starting as an intern, and then transitioning to a full-time job with the iconic Late Show with David Letterman, then joined the team that launched the Oxygen Network from the ground up. After that, she worked her magic over at the Home Shopping Network for 14 years before landing her current position at Peloton. Jennifer has had a career many people can only dream of. Not only is she a hardworking career woman, she is also a wife, mother of two beautiful sons, and my older sister, someone I've been observing and finding inspiration in, along with my other three older siblings who are also doing so many wonderful things in their own individual industries since I was a little girl. Our family is a blended one. Jennifer and I share the same dad, who I think we both inherited our hustle, hard work ethic gene from. And we have two different mothers who are wonderful and an inspiration in their own right. There are some years between my siblings and I, and although we didn't all grow up in the same household at once, I still always found such joy in watching them live. I was lucky enough to be in grade school with older siblings who were out in the world in their 20s, doing cool things, living in cities with their own apartments and homes. They had interesting jobs. They were building their own family lives and have consistent good style and sharp senses of humor. Really, all three of my sisters and my older brother, Tim, all have the best taste in everything from fashion to entertainment to food, you name it. They're also some of the funniest people I know. Having this type of unusual family structure gave me a window into the world that always made me feel like anything is possible and that life can come in many, many shapes and forms. But what it always comes back to is family and a good foundation. I definitely believe I get my love for observing people's behaviors, senses of style, and finding motivation in others' successes from having a multifaceted family with really admirable older siblings. So, without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation between my sister and friend Jennifer and I. 
Okay, so thank you for sitting down with me. I know you are super busy, so this means a lot, and you're my first guest, so <laughs> I'm really excited to have you because when I thought of what I wanted to do with this, you were one of the first people in my life that popped up. Oh. I feel like you've had such a cool career since college, which is pretty unusual. Like, you've made such great choices. You're the one that kind of comes into the room and asks everyone else all the questions, and like you kind of shy away from the spotlight, even though you're, you're one of the many people I know that I want to hear more about your job. And your experience and your advice and great I know this but our listeners don't what did you study and where did you go to college so we are both from New Jersey obviously as <laughs> sisters would be and I went to college in New Jersey at Seton Hall University and I studied communications the reason I think I picked communications is that I went to see Saturday Night Live when I was in eighth grade and I it was the first time I ever looked behind the scenes and thought like oh my gosh people do this as a, a job and by that point, I knew I wasn't very good at math, so I thought, <laughs> I got to do something that may not be, you know, I wasn't going to be an engineer. And so I just kind of got in my head that that might be a fun job to do. In hindsight, I don't really know what made me think a job could be fun, but seeing people like scurry around behind the set made me feel like, oh, that's that's a job you would like look forward to doing you every day. You kind of saw the magic. Of yeah. yeah, and just the idea that work could be fun. Um you know, when I think back about my life choices, I wish maybe I would have gone to college further away from home and mm -hmm. I don't have a ton of regrets, but I do feel like I want to encourage our kids, all of our kids, mostly boys, to travel and experience different things. And so, but I went to Seton Hall, I was a communications major. And you were in a sorority too. I was, right? yeah, I was in a sorority and that was fun. That's cool. Uh, yeah, it was a nice way to meet people. You know, I think you'll find that like a theme is that I'm not, as much as I can kind of be described as like a type A person who is organized, I'm not really a planner for myself. I believe that, you know, as I think back on my life, growing up in like a lower middle class home, where things were kind of like being figured out as we went as a family, I didn't really ever stop to think of like what my dreams were or what like what my dream college would be or whether or not I wanted to join a sorority. I just kind of like when things presented themselves to me, I just considered yes. it. Yeah. And that's I, as you look back, you think, oh, that could be something that I'm good at. Like I presented with two reasonable options. I make a choice. I've often pushed myself in that choice, not necessarily Seton Hall. I think I applied to like two colleges. But that was such a good move too because you were on a campus, but then you were close to the city yep. where you could have these really great internships and still kind of use your connections yeah. you know, at school and through your sorority and then put them to use, especially in communications or like entertainment if you're in the right spot for that. Yeah, I am. Um in typical form, waited till the last minute to do internships. I waited for my last semester of college. Oh, really? And yeah, which no one does now. But, you know, it was a long time ago, and people didn't necessarily know what that brought to your experience. Were internships that as big? They were bigger than I was making it, but not yeah. like today where kids are doing them like every year, which they should. So I went down to my counselor's office, and it just so happened that the Late Show with David Letterman had just moved to CBS and they happened to be late in their process for interns. Also, it was a spring internship, which is not the biggest intern semester. So I saw this letter on the desk and I was like, I need to get an internship. And, and my counselor was like, well, they just sent us a note, the late show with David Letterman. I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And were and you familiar? I mean, did you of watch course, the show? Yeah, I've been watching huge. him since on NBC. I love David Letterman. And say other than Saturday Night Live, David Letterman and Chris Elliott was a comedian that I loved on mm -hmm. 
David Letterman show. I just liked something about it. I was drawn to that whole world. That was so like I, a comfort for every every yeah. family or person. Like at the end of the day, you watch David Letterman, yeah. you see who's on there. Yeah. It's a huge And Johnny Carson was big in my family. You know, my grandparents loved like late night talk show and it was a New York City based kind of production. So you knew people that worked on those kind of shows. And so, yes, yeah, so I applied and I got the job, the internship. That's crazy. That's like, like yeah. big, big leads. It's a big like deal. Right out of the game. Yeah. Kind and of. when I say, and I don't say this in a self-deprecating way, I say it as now a badge of honor, probably was self-deprecating at some point. I'm a C minus. Like I'm no great <laughs> shakes, you know? So I got that internship and it was, I remember the first time being like, holy mackerel. Like, like somehow I got, I got lucky is how I felt. And as much as I know my hard work, like, facilitates luck. I'm not that delusional. I also don't mind that I feel like I recognize when I get lucky in life, mm-hmm. you know, and that was a moment where I had waited till the last minute and I got this great internship producer. His name's Robert Morton and it was great. It was everything about the like entertainment business that's like scary and, and about two months into my internship, my boss, who was very scary and very like regimented, um, pulled it then as, and he still kind of is, but um, at that time, he was like, you know, very scary to me. He called me into his office and was like, you're Jim Signorelli's niece. And my uncle works on Saturday Night Live. That's how I got to go see that uh, show. And it never even dawned on me to tell anybody that I knew him. He was like, why didn't you tell me that? Or like, it was so confusing to them why I wouldn't have used my one connection right. to get this internship. And I, it just never dawned on me you to You probably do didn't that. know like how small that world yeah, was or like right. everyone knew each other in the industry. It or... didn't make me feel comfortable. I don't know. I'm yeah. still not great at that, like using my network, but yeah. Well, you got that on your own, and, right? And then from there, knew it was just more out of discomfort in. than you know, like when I look at our nieces and nephews and how they all operate and they make decisions when they want to use their confidence. Such an admirable quality, but I didn't have that. I was more accidentally happening my way through life. So yes, yeah, so I got that internship, and that made me think that I could be in the entertainment business. It was like pivotal, and that was a like, crash course. Just crash learn course. everything. And I, I would say that I also learn by doing and then saying I'm not interested in that so like I was a PR major and after a couple classes I was like wait a second so I'm gonna work really hard and maybe I'll get a little credit or maybe I'll get to celebrate a win there's so many more losses in public relations and then when I got to do the internship and to see production I felt that was a better match for me just to touch on it quickly, do you think that there was anything in your childhood, your early experiences that was like a common thread in helping you be who you are, whether that's personal, professional? Do you find the little girl, Jennifer? <laughs> okay, I could see yes. how she wound up here. A hundred percent. You know, in the I'm the third of four girls. You and I have 16 years between us, so I was many years youngest. Our oldest sister is like really focused and painted a picture for herself. Our middle sister is kind of a little more of like a free spirit, and I was what was left. I was kind of funny. I was like not very perfect, as I said. And I do think that defined me. I think that just being in that birth position had a lot of impact on me. I think my relationships with my mom and dad have a lot of relation impact on me. And so I do think that started me just like in this universe of like not necessarily needing to be the smartest person in the room or that I kind of had a good sense of where I stood in the universe. My grandparents also made a point of like telling me why we were all individually valuable and that helped me. Even though I couldn't quite understand it at the time, they lifted us up for why we were unique, which didn't really unfortunately become clear to me until much later in my life. But you know, again, I think being a parent is the next pivotal time where I realized this is, this is like what my good qualities are. This is how I can positively impact other people. And this, 
is what I don't want to be known for in my legacy. And then after that internship, you wound up staying. That was like your first full-time job. Yeah, well, again, I was fortunate that I was done with school and all the other kids went back to school. So they offered me a job and I was able to stay. It was great. That is so cool. And I remember that time, too, being a little girl watching. Yeah. And I always say that my inspiration, interest in people's lives and their style or the way that they do little things is from watching you and our other sisters and my brother and being a little kid and having siblings that were doing real life things yeah. was really interesting to kind of get this front row seat yeah. of life yeah and I remember visiting you and meeting Macaulay Culkin in yeah, the elevator in the elevator and then Teller and Blondie who so I remember cute. sitting in the green room being like I don't know who these people are I don't know who Blondie is but like how cool that that was just part of your everyday you life you were so cute <laughs> and you know what's funny I was just explaining to someone that we were going to do this and you were born when I was 16 and that felt like such a big gap but now it feels like nothing and also families are so diverse and multifaceted that no one it doesn't even but at that point right like you're saying you were little coming to see us but to see like oh my god this is so cool like see what went on and that what was possible yeah and uh, just to kind of watch that and then watch it develop since then it's um it is I agree with you when I think about how we all do very different things and the kid now that we all have kids the idea that like our kids are growing up thinking anything's possible yeah. feels so good to me. You know, that when we were kids, you know, especially I was really born in a time where women, I mean, I remember times in school books where they were saying women could be nurses or teachers. And mostly because I was in a poor district, those school books should have been thrown out by the time I was in school, but they weren't. Um, yeah, and you think, same. gosh, that was part of like my imprint. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of our parents stayed home, which is completely re- respectable. And then, you know, what was the possibility? We had to figure mm-hmm. that out ourselves. So it makes me feel good that like all of our nieces and nephews get to think of all the different ways you yeah. can be happy in life. And now how it's like you're... a no-brainer for them. But like, yeah. in, in, even my generation, I was still kind of new in a way to yeah. be like, yeah, kind of make your career what you want it to be if you make yeah. the right connections, but also following your gut and working hard and taking yeah. advice and, and tips. And are there things from that first experience out of college that you still hold yes. like that you will always Yeah, remember? the thing I learned the most, I recently did a um, Google Hangout or Zoom meeting with all the Letterman people. Oh, cool. And I say this humbly, but it was fun to be, to see like, these were people I haven't seen since I'm 20 years old. And, you know, I work at Peloton and everyone is interested at Peloton. You know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, you work at Peloton? Like, who works there? And so it was funny to be in a position where people were telling us the stories about Peloton. That's interesting, you know, and that happens to me everywhere. But in this group, these people I worshipped, it was a funny position to be in. Um, Kind of full circle. Yeah, and and hearing where they've all gone and, and, you know, seeing my boss, the guy who used to scare me. And (laughs) it's just a funny thing that, like, you know, we're still in touch and... But the thing I learned at that time was to know your place. I know that sounds kind of weird, but in entertainment, you know, especially as I, I work with younger generations of people who are raised by their parents to think they're the center of the universe, which mm-hmm. I greatly admire. And I do respect that as a parent. And also when your child gets a job and they think the whole world revolves around them, it's a wake up call. I never, I wasn't raised like that as you were not. And the most, you know, res- I mean that as a compliment to our parents, but when I got to work and you realize like, it's not about you. You don't mm-hmm. get in an elevator and just start talking to a celebrity. If your boss is frustrated, you don't argue back with him. Like that in the entertainment business can make or break your career. So I would say I really still hold that very dear. And then, you know, also have learned to find my own voice when I have to be the person that's like, you know, driving conversation and stuff. But that makes a ton of sense. And I see that with even people in my own age group. Like, what do you mean I'm not the CEO? Like after yeah. one month or 
they're wanting all these raises and it's like, it's like knowing the difference between being taken advantage of and then also just being like you have to you have to like advocate like, for yourself yeah you know it's you funny i feel dues. like i learned from you when you were starting your career that you've always known what your limits are like you're willing to do anything but at some point when things were not for you your yeah. isn't for me like no disrespect to anyone else that it's for it this is not what i see for myself because i wish i would have done more than that and then with samantha our niece i look at her and i'm like oh my gosh you're like a totally different so human being and, yeah. than i am and but yet still appropriate and understands you know all the things you're saying you have to put your dues in you have to but it is i wish that that's something i am happy that the next generation of women have like a good understanding of like this just may not be for me or you may be taking advantage this isn't about me hustling this is about you doing something that isn't right or that was another thing i learned at that time my boss who i love and i respected definitely was young in hindsight too by the way Mm -hmm. you know much younger than i am now but I remember thinking I'm never gonna be like rude to people in front of other people. I'm never, and not that I've never made mistakes, but I do know that treating people with respect, I learned then that if yeah. you treat other people with great respect, even if they're kids, we have this now at my job, we have PAs that are you know, training yeah. during a pandemic. They can be treated with respect. Someone can right. look them in the eye and say thank you. Nobody's too important to say thank you. So I always like, that was a good lesson I learned there. It's sort of like a new way of working too. Yeah. In some of these areas where it's like, you don't have to bully your, no. someone who's quote unquote lower. Like they all kind of work together, but still be respectful. Yeah. You probably are really great to work with I can imagine because you are so self-aware and charming and th- you are and uh, I don't know I feel like you work well with a lot of different types of people when you're not just I don't yeah know, I have the great um, luxury of doing something that I love and also now that I'm older doing it with people that I care about I really do mm-hmm. care about Peloton as a yeah. member and an, an employee the people that work on my team on our team is like they're such wonderful well-intentioned people that to be yeah. at a point in my career where if I can share anything I know that sounds super altruistic and I don't mean it to but it is a really nice thing to work at a great yeah. culture where anyone that's a bully at Peloton would have to leave there is no option for that there that the type of leadership that propels people to great superstardom now is servant leadership people who care about other people our CEO is that our president is that mm-hmm. they're lovely to be around so after Letterman before Peloton where you currently are you worked in LA for a little bit. You discover Chelsea Handler. I, I have to say, there's very few things I take credit for. But when I was home on maternity leave with my 17 year old Sebastian, whom you know, <laughs> yes, we, um, yeah, she was. She auditioned for. Um, she, I think, maybe had some something going on at E at the time but she auditioned for a show called Girls Behaving Badly and you were at Oxygen like yeah, you were kind of one Oxygen. of the founding yes. people but with yeah. Oxygen you got it off the ground yeah I was there before the launch of the Oxygen Network I realized there um, a through line for my career which is like I really do love women I love women I obviously have all sisters I grew up I'm very close to my mother I so I am a woman like person mm-hmm. I don't but it's funny working at Oxygen, which to answer your question was the next place I kind of had a big part of my career. I realized the bias people have against women. I mean, people would say to me, oh, you're going to work with a bunch of women. Other women. Oprah was Yeah, it, at that right? point. Yeah, now it's it been like, like sold. But yeah. So the whole point was sort of just like a female empowerment channel, yeah. right? And it was and the it best of that. Like seeing yeah. how all different types of people actually working with one sex, regardless of which you identify with. Cool, because it removes some of the male, female. And way back when, when it was, you know, before there's even more interesting diversity in the workplace. But, yeah. you know, it was like it removed one of the pieces and it was just focused on the behaviors and the leadership styles. And that was interesting. I loved working there. 
How long were you there? I mean, a long time, like yeah, over really, 10 years. It was like through right. the founding years and development, we launched their original programming and then for many, many years. And, and then you, I, you helped launch like Bad Girls Club, didn't you? Uh, no, I was there. They had just started development, but the girl that works for me, some of, them, some of the people that work with me are still there. That was just starting development when I left. I was okay. Girls Behaving Badly That's Snapped. Right. The, the show about women who kill their husband. That's huge. That was a big that's one. still going strong. Our dad loves that show. I know. My <laughs> yeah. mom loves it too. <laughs> so you were scouting comedians. That's you stumbled upon Chelsea Handler. Yeah. I always love telling people that. I'm like, my sister yes. basically discovered her. There's very few moments in yeah. my career I can take credit for. But also a good point, like she wouldn't remember that I had any role in that. And I say that as, that doesn't matter. In your career, in working in such a cool job, you realize you're never going to be as cool as the producer or the Chelsea Handler or, and frankly, that jo- that show Girls Behaving Badly was in LA. My really good right. friends were the producers of that show, which I love them both. And we chose Chelsea and she was a star for the show that went on to like propel her to get these huge opportunities. All good stuff. You have to take your own pride in your role in it because this is not a business that you get a lot of individual credit unless you're like Brad Pitt. It's like very humbling to just train yourself to be happy with being part of the process I would say that's true that served me well in life outside yeah. of my job kind of just putting your head down and doing your job but yeah way, like and being happy it. with being a part of it I yeah. think that's probably why you've been so successful because a lot of people get into any kind of industry with their ego leading it yeah you're not gonna really yeah. find too much genuine success or yeah that's like a good it's way a, it's of, never gonna fill the void especially in entertainment where I think people probably sign up like I'm gonna get involved because I want to be close to the sun yeah. and then it's like no you gotta yeah. really deliver and with someone like Chelsea or any of the other people that you found or produce the different shows it's like you're just giving the gift to the audience yeah which is, and to them in many cases like yeah. giving people a chance to sh- to be what they're supposed to be and yeah you got to, you have to kind of take pride in it I guess I don't know I've never a good really... instinct for that too and I feel like you do like you're a good observer and you you're also a pop culture yes. fan now I'm you old love TV, but you but love I TV. used to be good at pop that was one of my greatest qualities was or like knowledge base was that I knew a lot about pop yeah. culture but now it like runs in the family it's hard it's something yeah we all love right but I feel like in order to really be good at creating something you kind of have to know the other end and yeah. you love that world and being part of it and just like a consumer also which yeah. I feel like is really good at I like the sociological nature of it of it I recognized yeah. also that like in the spirit of this conversation I was never going to be the most creative person in the room I'm a decent creative talent like I know what works I say this to you and Tim like you guys are like creative visionaries you can build vision for a business you can build the logo I'm not that's not my strength creativity so. comes in so many different yeah. packages though you are creative creating content and and visuals for TV media that's huge yeah and being an enabler for other people's creativity yeah. you know my oldest Sebastian is very creative and mm-hmm. I see as a parent like he needs structure to create it so kind of my skill at work I like giving people the freedom and the help to be creative one thing that I love not one but there's many things I love about your career path but one of them is the fact that you've worked under this one umbrella but have worked in a bunch of different like a variety of areas because before you got to Peloton you were at Home Shopping Network for 14 years a long time and that transitioned kind of beautifully into this new bit. Peloton didn't exist when you were at your old position, no. really. And, and two opposite organizations. It. I mean, yeah. I loved my job at HSN. When I was at Home Shopping Network, I went there mostly for family reasons because I was working at Oxygen mm-hmm. and the hours were so overwhelming. And my oldest was two. I knew I wanted to have a second child if I could. And 
I just thought I can't live like this. Like, yeah. I just don't think I'm not, I don't know what's wrong, but I'm not stacking up to be the person I thought I'd be. And you were commuting into the city every day from yes. the suburb. Of yeah. And you city. know, you have a yeah. baby that age. Like the reality now watching you go through it with Arlo is that we, this is a time and place. You're yeah. who am I? And am I being a good mother? You have a perfect baby who's <laughs> wonder, but like, you don't know. You know, Sebastian had some health issues. He had food allergies. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm failing around every turn. And yet I'm not happy at work. I was feeling less than. And I think it was our older sister, Tracy, one day said to me, or said to me, and I can't remember the context, like, well, it's hard to be two different people. You're exhausted by being two different people. And I thought, I don't want to be two different people. First of all, I know I'm not smart enough to keep that going. So I thought (laughs) I have to become one person. Like it's got to be a spectrum of one person. Um, And then I tried to like, figure out what are the qualities I I don't love the qualities that people assign to like powerful women I I also am mad that people assign those qualities in general but I don't love when people are super hardcore and lack empathy and and I know that I can embody some of those things just because of the nature of being busy at work so I tried to figure out like what is that middle ground and how could I survive in life and I feel like motherhood also makes you edit everything yeah like, it's like the ultimate like, cleanser of yeah. things like where you have no choice right. but to kind of like look at everything and be like what am i doing what yeah. is not working and what is working and my time is so so precious yeah my brain cells are fried and my this is something everything. you do better you you are doing a better job uh-huh. i was still when sebastian was arlo's age i was still like organizing his little types every night and i had him now when i look back on it i think I thought I was going to run the show. Right. <laughs> and you are wise in recognizing quickly, like, well, I don't know that I figured it out, but what's my personal part of this what puzzle? What can I do? Like, what can I humanly be left with as a woman? And then how does Arlo's personality traits and things drive what is the, your family dynamic? Yeah, and they'll ultimately be fine, you know, but yeah. it's like you want to be fine. Too, yeah, but you don't enjoy them. it as much if you're fighting it. I think yeah. I fought it too much, and I admire when I see you and Mike with Arlo that it's like this nice mix of like, the right like the recipe we don't know what the cake will look like exactly yeah, yet it's but hard. yeah it's, the more people talk about it especially in like a context of talking about your career and not being like talking about motherhood right away like no, yeah you, you were jennifer working a sister a daughter a friend like way before you were a mom and yeah. now it all blends yeah. together but it's not easy and yeah it's like i don't have a lot of insecurities about the balance either anymore i've never been someone who felt a lot of guilt as a parent although i have regrets of things i wish i did differently only as it relates to parenting but i don't i know i made those choices the best that i could at the time and yeah. i don't i try not to sit in the guilt but yesterday i had a, a, a we were talking about um, our professional development at peloton and I, it's funny you should say that I didn't mention motherhood first here because I mentioned motherhood first there, mm-hmm. which is a funny thing. Yeah. First of all, no one's mothers at Peloton because everyone's young, so very right. few people are. But it, I very much think my life as a mother has informed why I'm what work, yeah. you know, and I'm who sure. I am as a person. You yeah. have that much time in the day, so when you do have time, you're going to use it. You oh, gotta it's get true. To the, it's true. The point and, and certainly yeah. having a lot going on in your life equates to we got to assess the situation and make the best decision we can. There's, I'm never going to have the luxury yeah. of all of these variables going away and me to just have a clear shot at making the best decision. I think I realized that when I became a mother that like I think that, you've done a you know, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I, I, I think we'll so. See. I've loved watching. And you had your second son yes, while Thomas. you were transitioning 
to Florida. Like all yeah. your whole family's up in New Jersey and New York, and you're very close, like to yeah. everybody. And so that was hard. And then to have a baby, but then to be in the midst of this new exciting job at HSN, your official title. There. So my title at that point, I forget when I first started, but I had a very similar job. So as the head of content at Peloton, I oversee the studios, the instructors, the production crew, the producers, um, international studios here. And there it was similar, you know, the instruct, the host, the honor host, the hair and makeup team, the models, the any yeah. place in the studio. And you had no fashion experience no. with that necessarily. It was still Yeah, at that time then when Thomas was born, my younger son, he, I was just overseeing the, I think the talent mostly, like the models and the, yeah, yeah and this, and the host, which is a funny job. Um, no, it was, it was a wonderful job. It was great to live in a place that was warm. I mean, yeah. these were all new experiences, but you're not wrong. It's, um hard to be away from your family when you grow up close with your siblings and at the point in which Thomas where my older son was diagnosed with the food allergy we spent time in the hospital we mm -hmm. couldn't both be with my son like there were some sacrifices there but it definitely made my relationship with my husband stronger Tom and my desire to rely on each other versus maybe if I was here I would have relied on all of you guys yeah. not necessarily the most healthy thing for a marriage so balance by moving away was really valuable for me yeah, kind of starting everything from scratch but yeah. then still maintaining all the relationships you know yeah. elsewhere and everything which yeah is, or redefining them definitely yeah. and so you were there for 14 years yeah a long time 14 years and ago. then you made the big leap a year ago yeah right? so I left HSN at the time that QVC purchased HSN mm -hmm. and I was offered a job to stay and I still like that business I do I like all the people that are there and it's I love my time there yeah it's a funny business it's a powerful business that most yeah. people don't understand and I love learning about why the members loved it so much why the customers loved it why they loved the host that was all very like kind of goes back to very our point niche. about like the sociological nature of this journey has been interesting yeah so I loved that job I was I guess successful there yeah. then I left at the time that QVC uh, purchase HSN and I took some time off which was the best year of my life I mean most people don't get that chance you yeah, know I mean my little one was in like third or fourth grade and I had been so busy his whole life like you know driving him to school and listening to songs on the radio with him where it was just to this day when I hear those songs I think oh this was the song that we drove to school listening to Aww. like simple things that you were so busy in life that you don't get the chance to just enjoy. Mm -hmm. I really think that really, that year with me and Tommy is also very in love with my husband. They're very close. Yeah. It was like a moment for me to define who we were as like a child and not being a baby anymore. Right. And I spent so much time and then we got a puppy, Walter. It was like my eat, pray, love <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, like a reset. Yeah, and of. interestingly enough, um, I did the Peloton almost every day in that year. Yeah. I didn't, I had the Peloton before because you kind of went on like a little bit of a wellness journey yeah that time right like yeah. like for your mental health just like kind of yeah, I, I walked everything. 11 thousand steps every day for yeah. like 400 days it was great and that helps just this like, was like clarify. i never had this chance like you're saying like you're trying to figure out what the slice of the pie is for me i never had that i never i've always been busy yeah. i've worked since i'm like 14 so this was like ridiculous yeah. love my mom was like you're not gonna like it i love can totally understand why you know, when stay-at-home mom, when their kids get to be in high school and they get like one hour before they have to pick them up from school, it's like, yeah. who, it's, I could imagine why it's wonderful, you know? Right. I just enjoyed the heck out of it. And I loved being with Sam and Tommy and not have to like squish it into other things. So yeah, yeah that was special. a total gift. And then I did take another job um, and with right. a really great guy that I had developed a relationship with previously a, a supplement company. It was great and I loved it. And Andrew Lessman is the CEO and he was super respectful and w a wonderful like boss. And then Peloton called out of mm -hmm. nowhere. And it was 
the biggest, riskiest decision I've ever made because it disrupted my family. Not because I didn't believe in the choice. I mean, it was my yeah. dream job. I knew there was like, it was unbelievable that I was getting this chance. Right. But the idea that I had to really disrupt my family. And I think to your point, you know, you have these pivotal moments where I, I've never put myself even close to, I just knew this was right. And I knew yeah. I needed, like, obviously needed my family's support. And we were moving back to New Jersey, which we're all here. So they loved that idea. Yeah. That's but I, it was very disruptive. And we're sitting right near my Peloton. Yeah. And I have a ritual because I know I have to remove every obstacle <laughs> from me and the workout journey. Anything like a piece of lint on the floor could take me off track. Right. right yeah. So I put my socks right on my dresser. I fill my water bottle. I have lip balm there. There's nothing preventing me in the morning. I get the kids in the shower and then I come in here and I do it. And I've never been able to create that level of ritual. Even with the Peloton, I've had it for years outside of the pandemic. But because we're at this house, there's nothing stopping me. And mm -hmm. so that's, it's really great. And my sisters all have Pelotons. You're going to get a Peloton. Uh -huh. And <laughs> yeah, my wait. best friend from high school just got one. And it's a nice like connection. Yeah. Point. And, and it holds you accountable too. I yeah. think if you know everyone in your life is thriving on this machine or, or you have these instructors that I think people feel like our true true connection with yeah like they want to tune in to hear their stories or they love the music that they play and yeah everyone I know has a specific class that they like or multiple ones yes and, and that's different and yeah. then you don't have to go to an actual class which is great for some people but not for everybody I think whether yeah. it's time that's not on your side or it's someone just feeling like I don't know what I'm doing and I don't want anyone to see me it's a lot of that <laughs> I think a majority when I um when I bought the Peloton, I was in Florida. I was one of the first people, in, certainly in my area, that got one. And my husband thought I was crazy because I was working at the Home Shopping Network and I got 40% off all fitness stuff and I would buy it and then tell the garbage man to like take it away. <laughs> and so I'm a terrible workout person. But I, I did Weight Watchers and I love Weight Watchers and I know why that works for me. I know that little bit of accountability helps. And I really, um, so I get the Peloton and I knew right away that the instructors served that like level of like invisible accountability. Why am I listening to this person? Why am I turning the bike up? Cause she told me to, he or she told me to. And so right away I was like, this is crazy. It's an interesting and take on it all. It's so interesting. Yeah. And I'm not a boutique fitness person, although now I've gone to them because of, you know, now that I work at Peloton, but I did do CrossFit for a while. And that was the oh, first right. time I saw the community associated. Yeah, I, that, I didn't know that. Like not being a boutique gym person, you don't realize the social piece. So yeah, it's like a lifestyle. Yeah, cool. it's a lifestyle. And you go there and you see people. There's something very like interestingly anonymous about it. And Peloton has managed to recreate that. You know, the very mm -hmm. robust social community. Our members create groups based on affinity of like, whether it's like physician moms or black girl magic, fiercely loyal. Right, and they so are, they, yeah, it's, a, it's really a remarkable, very positively intentioned situation. Like yeah. there's no expectations really. We never yeah. talk about, you should take this, you know, why didn't you take this long of a class? We don't care as long as it's all about like yoga and meditation is as important to us as cycle and tread. We want our members to feel they're learning and trying new things and at their own pace. You yeah, know, it's like very, so good. I've only been there 15 months and I've had opportunity. We're looking at the yoga and meditation programming and we launched International Strength recently. So strength was probably the one I was the most involved okay. in being because we had strength as an accessory to other things. Like we do a boot camp class that has strength and tread, but it wasn't really a standalone modality as yeah. we call it. So and now, that's something that people can still use if they don't necessarily yeah. have the, the bike. Yeah. You can still be part of You can of use all of our content if you don't have our hardware, if you're a digital member. 
Do you have anything that you can share about anything that, that you guys have been working on during COVID that like, yes. this has all inspired? So you many guys? things have come out during COVID yeah. that I'm amazed at what the team, the production team has been able to do. We just launched Bar, which was based oh, cool. largely in our member feedback. Um, we are do we launched Dance Cardio, which was kind of a surprise left turn right when COVID started. We had uh-huh. just produced it and it was kind of a pilot and we were all going to look at it and decide because we were, we're, you know, cycle. It's a serious workout in yeah. Peloton. You don't have to be great at it and you don't have to be super serious about it to be a member. That's, it's totally democratized in that way, as you were saying. But we, don't, we didn't have anything that was particularly fun first to that extent. So, But we have, uh, at that point, probably 31 instructors and about 11 of them were professional dancers. It seemed like a no-brainer. That. The instructors did their like dance videos on social. They would go crazy because they're such great dance. Yeah. Watching them dance is like mesmerizing. So we did this dance cardio thing and that was a big kind of like surprise and delight for our members. It was right in the beginning of COVID. And that's COVID. like mood boosting too. Yeah, at the time that the, who could have predicted that we had that content ready to go yeah. like a gift yeah something fresh to yeah. give people when they're just I yeah think everyone's just hungry for something yeah and the idea that you were stuck in the house with your family we then launched family programming because kids were not going to physical education yeah. class they were stuck in their houses so we've been able to pivot and it's very it's really exciting we also did something called live from home which was we literally had to close our studios in new york and london and we set up studios in the instructors' homes. Yeah, really well. People love to see behind the scenes. And- the integration within social media and Peloton, like yeah. Instagram it's accounts like of story. some of these instructors, they have millions of followers. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're celebrities in their own right and yeah. like bring so much to people's every yeah. day, especially right now. I, I love talking about exciting. Peloton when I go into the store and I'm wearing a Peloton shirt and people ask me, the kids are always like, oh no, because everyone <laughs> asks about it. That's why we wear yeah. it as members. But I do, the instructors are what people think. Do you have any well, no, I really love, I really do love enjoy them. them all, but they are exactly what you think. Like to Matt Wolpers in real life, he's just like Matt Wolpers in class. <laughs> Robin Arzone is like our lead instructor and she recently announced she's pregnant. And I mean, it's just, she's an amazing individual, so confident in herself. She knows exactly why she's on this planet. It's yeah. I've never met anyone like her. That's I, nice. Yeah, and it's hilarious. And they're all like that. But yeah. So when people ask me, I enjoy saying, yeah, Allie's just like you think. Emma's yeah. just like you think. I Peloton's primarily U.S. and then it's London. It's and U.S., else. Germany, uh, Canada, and did I leave any out? London, Germany, Canada. That's it. That's and cool. yeah. Do you have any work fails or mistakes? I don't like fails, but you know, just like moments where you look back and you cringe, but you learned yeah. so much. I'm sure that there are many because I feel like any There's successful so person has so many. But is there one in particular that you're like, like I don't have you that up? many that I would say ultimately didn't serve me well. That's good. But I have a ton of failures. First of all, I've built <laughs> a ton of TV shows that were terrible. Built one. I still think it's a good idea, but it was called Nice Package, which in hindsight was maybe too racy for the Oxygen Network, potentially a home design show where someone just dropped a package of stuff like in your driveway and then you and your friends used it to redesign a room oh, and it was like a competition. That's cool. It was all right. Um, but it like failed. Could work. There was plenty of things that have failed in my career. But the thing, as I was thinking about that question, I don't really care about those failures. I really don't. Yeah. I just, I'm, I think because I'm such an imperfect person, I'm like, well, that kind of makes sense. The funniest fails I think are my personal failures. I have like fallen in front of notable people. I have like it's always about my me embarrassing myself. It's right. always where I'm like, well, that probably could have gone different. Yeah, those different are always way. the ones that yeah. sting the most. But that's kind of my thing, you know. I don't really. I I recognize now in my current job that I'm 
I love that I, I have my dream job. Before I end my career or leave the planet, I have to give myself a window of time to be like, you did this, you arrived. It's happening, like be in it, be happy with it. Don't try and excuse it away or say it was luck. So I'm trying yeah. to work on that. Yeah, own it. Don't have like that imposter yeah. syndrome, which is everywhere yeah. now. Because I'm glad they're putting a name to something that I think everyone, especially women, yeah. have felt for years and years. Oh, no, 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 not me. Yeah. Oh, no, that was someone else. Or, oh, I don't, like, you don't want the attention. No, sometimes you yeah. You need the attention. I, I want to, like, praise. sit in, like, yes, in this success. is crazy that I've accomplished. I, again, I have to say there's a lot of luck still in me even getting this job. But regardless... I love it and I want to like take stock in it and part of it is I think part of like at Peloton we talk a lot about like what's this person's superpower and mine is like imperfection I mean I really believe that's one of my superpowers I think you mentioned imposter syndrome and and, you know living in like some level of success which is not comfortable to me I do think it's something I have to work on now my kids are getting older and I'm now at the next phase which is like where what mark am I going to leave on the world I think I raised two nice boys yes but I raised you know two nice white boys with some amount of opportunity that kids were not poor the burden I feel of like raising good adults in the world of like you know anti-racism and social justice and working at a company like peloton which has been very vocal and saying they're an anti-racist organization look around and you're at a point in your life where you're like oh wait a second i have to have an impact here i have to do something right i have to be able to on my deathbed feel like i didn't just like take it all for myself and yeah. you know so that's a, that's an important burden I feel right now I wouldn't have predicted that I think any good person is feeling yeah. that right now too yeah, I think hopefully. if you're not I think that that's something to look into <laughs> yeah um, because this year I hate saying this year because that's so cliche now right. it's always like 2020 but yeah. really I feel like everything's coming out and if you aren't paying attention and thinking how can I better myself I'm a good person but what can I do how can my career really yeah. reflect that which I don't think we were we were special not really like raised to no. not only I mean you're gonna work you're gonna be a mom but then also to have like a social responsibility yeah. and all that that really I never honestly ingrained. thought I would have the money to like not that it's only about donating money it absolutely is not but I never thought I would have any level of success or financial savings like I never it never dawned on me that yeah. I'd be in a position <laughs> it sounds ridiculous to say but like right. now that I, now that it's here and I look at my kids and I think, you know, my God, I don't know what would disappoint me that they could do, probably nothing. Yeah. But the thing that will make me proudest is like if they use what we've been able to build as a family to like change the world in some way. Yeah. It have to be save lives, but some you know. Way. They will. I hope so. They're good kids. I've, the thing I've accomplished is they are kind boys and now it's they a question are. of like, what will they do in the world? But the fact that you're even thinking of that and spe- speaking that yeah. is like the first big giant step. I feel that way too. Your hope for your children is to, for them to be better than you because you kind of were better than what your parents sure. were raised with. And then each generation we learn a little bit more and hopefully they'll just be better than what yeah. we had and then their kids will be better than them. Arlo's already better than them. <laughs> but no, but I not that, that they have a very far to go, but like I think you hopefully if you're paying attention, which I think we are, especially as a family, we're pretty much on the same page with a lot of this stuff when we have open discussions you certainly aren't afraid to have those conversations we're asked questions too yeah. and I think same with me it's like we're all learning a lot and just and I think working for Peloton too that's a great place to be because yeah. it represents so many different people and and putting 
just encouraging people to be them, themselves yeah. and feel good and speak up when you have to because I think that the time of businesses or brands not speaking out because they don't want to be controversial or they don't want to lose customers or something that's kind of like an old school thing and now yeah. really you know brands and, and their employees and the people that are in charge are speaking out like okay we have this success but what can we do to make it even better and yeah I, I admire that Peloton that. is being so vocal in that space as such yeah. a you know publicly traded company so I started at Peloton during pride last year mm-hmm. and not only was I overwhelmed by the amount of like energy that the employees put in and but I learned so much I moved from Florida we weren't really talking about like pronouns and as probably as much as we should have been but then mm-hmm. to come here where people were like really articulating the, the impact it. it has if they're misrepresented and how personal it is is such an interesting learning experience and right. there's nothing you can do about it but to it's interesting to grow up without money and to grow up as a woman you certainly you can experience being marginalized but not to that extent I can only help by learning not necessarily pretending that I'm also as marginalized right. I was, it's like, not a competition it's ridiculous yeah just yeah. kind of listening I think is like the number one thing we go you had to pick a career that's completely different, like not in media, not in mass communications, no TV. Would you pick anything or do you? I honestly believe yeah. this is my career. Yeah. I, I've never considered anything else. It's like I would love to work at a florist or something where you just get to help people pick pretty things all yeah. day. I love what you do. Like I, I wouldn't be able to do what you do and run a store or run now and run an online business, but I love the idea of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to say, I uh, like Tracy, our oldest sister is an attorney. And our middle sister is a teacher and now an assistant superintendent in schools. I couldn't do either of those jobs. Yes, and I admire them both for doing it. But I don't really, I feel like I'm the luckiest person to have this job. I feel like I happened into the thing that I could develop my skills to be as good as I could be at anything. Right. Um, but I could have been happy at anything, honestly. And like I mentioned earlier, in, in times in my career where I've lost my job, I could have done anything. And I'm a survivor and I would have done what it took to get my family. Yeah. Hustlers and hard workers. And you're such a people person. I think that that has served you. You can walk into a room and you can talk and charm (laughs) anyone. Like you really can. That's hard. And I've seen it. I've seen even just you showing up at certain events or where you don't even really know anyone and you could make the iciest person kind of melt a little. (laughs) That is a skill. I think you have to stop drinking at family parties. (laughs) (laughs) But I totally can see that. And that's not something that everyone has. And, but it does. It definitely yeah. shows you are where you're supposed to be. It didn't just fall on your lap. Yeah. You made those decisions yourself. You put in the work and it shows. Yeah. I'm well, thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for listening to my first real episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed hearing Jennifer's career story, her passion for her current position at Peloton, and her gems of life advice. I am so lucky to have her as a sister and a friend. I have loved watching her move through life and hope that you can get some inspiration from her today too. Don't forget, new episodes will be released every Tuesday with a new guest with different stories to tell. You can subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week.